Welcome to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Here's your host, Hans Christian Wittinghus. Hello guys and girls and welcome back to another episode of A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. First up, a quick update on my Patreon page where you can now get one-on-one -on -one video calls with me, get feedback on your own game and also lots of other cool benefits as well. At the same time, any support goes directly into covering my podcast expenses, my flight and hotel expenses when I'm traveling the world competing. As always, you can still choose your own level of support from as little as $1 a month and there is no binding and also you can always stop your support whenever you will. As a patron, you will always have the core benefits like early access, shout outs, getting questions answered and monthly live group chats when we reach 50 patrons. So please go check it out on patreon.com slash One new patron since last week, so a huge big warm welcome to Christoph and thank you so much for your support. It's much appreciated. Now let's move on with the rest of the episode. Let's start off with the league match I played on Saturday for my club Hvidovre in the first division in Denmark, so the second highest league. It was the first match of the season for us. We started out at home against Hilol, which in my eyes is actually the second best team in our group. The first division is split into two groups, so at the end of the regular season, when all the teams have played each other in each of the two groups, the four best teams from each group will move into a promotion playoff group and the bottom four teams from each group will go into a relegation playoff group. Our clear goal is to win promotion this year by winning the division so we need to start off by winning our group and therefore of course playing against Hillerød, the second best team in the first match is a, uh, is a tough start but on paper we do have the best, uh, best team in the league, no, no doubt about that. And we also started off with a 7-2 win against Hillerød, so that was a really good start, actually as good as we could have hoped for. It's not that we didn't have a chance to win any of the two matches that we lost, but we also won a couple of matches we could have lost, so I think all in all 7-2 is a very, very good output for us. On a personal note, I played against Rasmus Messerschmidt, who I know really well from playing him many, many years in the highest league, but he also just moved down to the second best league as he changed clubs. I'm very happy with my performance this time. I beat him 21-12, 21-17, which is very satisfying. Uh, he has showed me on several occasions that he can be a tricky opponent for me to handle. Even if I do have a, a very positive head-to-head uh, statistic against him. I have actually lost to him three times, I think, in the past, uh, and also lost a lost a close match the uh, the last time I played him. So I knew that he was most likely going to be my toughest opponent here in the uh, the regular season. So it's just yeah, great for me to get started uh, in this way, beating him very comfortably. It's no secret I've had a couple of quite bad years in the Danish league uh, for the past couple of years in terms of uh, winning and losing matches. Uh, fortunately, last year I ended off on a strong note in the in the uh, final matches, but yeah, overall it's been two pretty bad years for me in the Danish league. So it was also important for me now that I changed to a new club to show them that I want to change this year. I want to actually 
win a lot of matches, which is a part of a big part of the reason why the the club has uh, invested some money in getting me to play for them. So it's also a clear goal for me this year, actually, to to stay undefeated all the way through the season. So obviously, beating Messerschmitt in the first match is a very good start. I think I showed great focus throughout the match. I played a very patient game at a at a quite high pace. So there's really not a lot I would have wanted to do differently. My body and my movement felt good once again. So it was kind of nice to feel this good performance, which was kind of similar to how I felt in, in Japan Open. So it's good to see this kind of carry on uh, to yeah, how I performed in this match. It's not always that easy to reproduce the same kind of badminton in Danish league matches as it is when I'm away for a tournament. Like lots of other things can, can steal my focus when I'm here at home comparing uh, uh, compared to uh, to when I'm uh, away at an event where my full focus is on just performing well. It's also like kind of a different kind of badminton that gets played in, in a small hall we play in, like in, in Vidal, compared to like there's no basically no spectator <laughs> seats. It's like it's so packed even if there's just a hundred spectators. And if you compare it to like a huge arena, like the ones in Tokyo and Osaka, where there could be like anything between five and 10,000 spectators, I guess. So it's just all in all, not, not really the same kind of badminton. It's not as easy to be as focused uh, as I am when I'm away uh, for, for tournaments. It's not something that's specific for me. I know that's an, uh, a thing or an issue for, for all the players who play on the world tour, that it is very different to get home and, and play the league matches. So that's why I'm very happy with with how I performed in this one, how I kept my focus, how I uh, I just played my uh, my own game and uh, yeah didn't drop my, my focus at any point. It was a very convincing performance and yeah I couldn't be happier with the with how I started my tenure for Villon Badminton Club. Today I will also answer a couple of questions from my patrons. The first one is from Christoph, who is asking for my advice to advanced players who wants to improve their speed on court. And I'll say, first and foremost, if you have time, do explosive strength training for your legs. Just make sure you get the right supervision to, to how to do it. But even just once a week where you do strength training for your legs will actually in the long run make a difference. But don't expect to see results within two weeks or four weeks even. It, it needs time to improve. Speed is not something that's just easy to improve. But it can be done. It just takes quite some effort and you need to be disciplined about it. And think in terms of things you can do in practice on court, I suggest to do like specific short drills preferably at the start of your training, but after you're fully warmed up. So not after like a light warm up or anything, you need to be fully warm so you can do maybe a little bit on court before you start doing the, uh, the speed exercises. But anyway, when you're fully warmed up, it could be a two against one exercise where your feeders are pushing you around the court as fast as possible, but without doing it so fast, you can't get the shuttle back. So you can only play the shuttle to the front of the court, on the first uh, half of the court. So the two feeders can push you around the full court where you are in basically full defense mode. So you're supposed to be under a lot of pressure. You have to be pushed like right to the limit. So it 
that shuttle should almost like drop through the floor, but it's also quite important that it doesn't drop through the floor a lot of times because you only need to do like eight to 12 shots, then take a good break of like 30 seconds or something and do it again two or max three times, then change role so you become the feeder and the other feeders also get to do their, their turns. Obviously, focus needs to be on full speed in your movement. That is the most important thing. Don't, don't do too many of these, like maybe two or three times uh, two reps per training. I, I think that would be sufficient. And again, it's something you need to do on quite a few occasions before you can feel any kind of difference. You can also do a variation of it where you are on the offense instead of uh, on the defense. Feeders still don't have to cover the back of the court. They will still be lined up side by side. They start with a high lift or a high serve. You attack, they block, and then from there on, it's six to eight shots where they can play anything, but they need to feed you in a way so you can play as fast as possible while being aggressive all the time. You only hit your shots downwards and focus as much as possible on moving as fast as possible. So it's basically more important that you move fast compared to like shot quality. Of course, the higher level you have, you can focus on, on both, but in the start, the focus is on the high, the high pace and movement. So speed should be as high as possible all the time. I hope it makes sense, Christoph. If not, please uh, send me a message and uh, ask for some uh, further explanation. Last question is from uh, Shanna, who says that she's noticed I'm quite often outspoken about various issues I see in international badminton. So she's wondering how my ideas are being welcomed both by BWF, but also nationally by the Danish Federation. And first of all, I want to say I'm quite outspoken simply because I can't help myself in most cases. Uh, I can't help it. Uh, when I see something I feel like is illogical or like plain down wrong, I just can't I can't just like overlook it. I feel like I have to act on it. It's kind of just in my nature, but I also feel a bit like with my sort of status on the tour, being a veteran and like a spokesperson for the Danish players and discussions with our federation, I also actually feel a bit like it's my duty to do something. Even if it's like sometimes I, I wish I could keep my mouth shut because it can actually also be uh, quite draining for my energy to be involved in, uh, in discussions like these. Anyway, in regard to your question on how my ideas are being welcomed, I'll say in terms of the National Federation here in Denmark, they are always very open to hear, hearing my thoughts and my suggestions. It's not that it can always be changed or I get, I get my will straight away, but like in general, I'll say they are actually quite eager to try and help push my suggestions and agendas through at BWF uh, level when it's something related to international badminton, of course. Uh, the, the big issue, though, is that at BWF, I think it can be a rather long process to get changes through. Even if you have good ideas, that should be simple to implement. But often it needs to be raised at many levels. Many people need to, to have a look at it. It won't be changed unless it's voted for on the annual general meeting. So yeah, I think the process can be quite like bureaucratic. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess I, ha I have to admit that. So I, I, 
but I try also to quite often be in contact with like our BWF Athletes Commission to get them help push the ideas on BWF level, council level, because the, the chair of the commission is actually on the BWF council. I have a very good relationship with the current vice chair, Robin Tabling from Holland. But yeah, the BWF uh, Athletes Commission only has like one spot out of 20 something uh, spots on the council. So obviously their power is also a bit limited. I do actually think it's a, a bit of a problem that it's not so easy to know like how and where to send in your suggestions to make the greatest impact. And I think that's also why I sometimes choose to go into discussions via social media instead, as I actually have a lot of experience of this being a very effective way for the right people also at BWF to see my suggestions and take them seriously. I've, I've noticed that on uh, quite a few occasions uh, now. So yeah, I would say in general, my suggestions are being welcomed and taken seriously. Uh, but yeah, it's not always that easy to get something uh, changed and done. It's, uh, it's not the most uh, simple uh, system, unfortunately. I hope that somewhat answers your questions, Jenna. And again, if not, please feel free to, uh, to write to me again for a further explanation. Right, guys and girls, I think that will be it for today. I hope you found this episode interesting. As always, please keep liking, sharing, listening and supporting this podcast. I really do appreciate all the support so much. I'll be back with another episode next week, as always. So if you have any questions, please drop them in a personal message or send me an email at contacthanschristian at gmail.com. That's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, share and leave a comment in iTunes or your preferred podcast app.